no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others from the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhaus. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhaus, and along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we are bringing you some of the backstories of the Indians' 22-game win streak that took place at the tail end of the 2017 season, and that all coincides with the radio broadcasts of those games now running on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. And if you're tuned to this as it drops on Tuesday, last night was the debut, the first game of the streak. And, uh, boy, just a personal aside, wasn't it great to hear baseball on the radio once again? It uh, certainly was refreshing and fun to to hear that. And uh, in a little bit on this podcast today, Hammy will be joined by Indians hitting coach Ty Van Berkleo. And why Ty today? Well, game one of the streak that aired last night saw the Indians pound the Red Sox 13-6 at Progressive Field, and they took apart one of the game's best pitchers that season, that being Chris Sale. The 13 runs proved to be the most runs scored in any of the 22 wins during the streak, and that gave us a preview of just how dominant the Indians' offense would be during those 22 wins as the team averaged 6.5 runs per game. That's usually enough to win on most nights, and of course they comboed that with tremendous pitching. Now, in that game against Boston, it was a matchup of two first-place teams that would win their respective divisions. The Red Sox had taken the first two games of that three-game series, and the offense started early for the Tribe. They were already leading 2-0 in the second inning when Francisco Lindor kept it rolling. The pitch. A swing and a line drive. Base hit left field. Here comes Diaz to score. Urshela stops at second. And Francisco Lindor has the Indians' fourth hit in the inning. And his 60th run batted in. And for the second time this month, the Indians are battering Chris Sale. Boy, and bear in mind, Sale was 14-5 coming into that game, but as Tom mentioned, The Indians just seem to have his number, not only in 2017, but on a lot of nights where he pitched for the White Sox against the Tribe. They had some good success against him. Now back to the game. Next inning, Yandy Diaz continued the attack for the Indians. The pitch. A swing and a long drive. Deep right field. Over the head of Betts. Off the wall. That'll score Encarnacion. Geyer stops at third. Yandy Diaz with a bullet double the other way. Off the wall in right. And it's a 5-1 Indians lead. And Diaz with his second double in the big leagues and his fourth Major League RBI. Oh, did he put a nice easy swing on that Chris Sale heater. Next up, Gio Urshela and he effectively ended sales night. Now the 0-1 pitch. Swung on bank. Back up the middle into center. That's a base hit. Geyer scores. Diaz scores. Giovanni Urshela with a three RBI night. 
How about the bottom third tonight? Diaz, Perez, Urshela, five RBIs between them. And the Indians have a 7-1 lead off Chris Sale. And for the second time this month, have scored seven runs off Sale. And a slow walk to the mound by Red Sox pitching coach Carl Willis. Yeah, Sale's final line. Three innings, seven runs allowed. And another theme during that streak for the Indians, contributions from everyone. As at the time, Diaz and Urshela, they were still finding their way as young major league hitters, but they were key contributors during the 22 wins in a row. And Tom will get to that with Ty Van Berkeley on just a little bit. But it wasn't all young players on uh, that night of the first win of the streak as Jay Bruce showed later in the game. Now the wind and pitch. Swung on, blasted, deep center field. This ball is gone. Holy smokes. Over the 19-foot wall in center. Bruce has hit his fourth home run with the Indians, his first at progressive field as an Indian, and overall number 33, for Jay Bruce, nine to four Indians as he got a hanging curveball and he hit it over the 19 foot wall in center field. My goodness. And then in the seventh inning, Francisco Lindor put an exclamation point on the route. Boyer, the fourth to work tonight. He delivers, and Lindor with a drive high and deep to right, way out of here and gone. Francisco Lindor, a three-hit night. Home run number 22, 15 of them left-handed. And he now has 61 RBIs. And the Indians just keep piling it on. 11-4 Tribe here in inning number seven. And in the ninth, Dan Otero finished things up on the mound for the Indians. Dan Otero comes set. He fires a swing and a sky ball, shallow left. Geyer coming in. He's under it. Ball game. So the Indians split this four-game series with the Red Sox. They rout Chris Sale and the Boston Red Sox tonight by a final score of 13-6. to And who knew the Indians wouldn't lose another game for three weeks? Certainly not at that time, but, boy, just remarkable when you think back on it. Well, we hope you enjoyed some of those highlights, and we'll try and throw some of those in on each of these podcasts as we go through this 22-game win streak. And certainly at this time where there's no live baseball, just to hear some baseball is uh, Boy, it's a good thing, isn't it? So the Indians piled up the 13 runs on 18 hits that night against Boston in support of Trevor Bauer as he picked up his 13th win of the season. And just a quick aside, some remember Bauer as the pitcher who suffered the loss in the streak breaker three weeks later, but he also picked up the first win of the streak and he tied for team high honors with four wins during that impressive stretch. But we digress. We're here to talk hitting, and uh, Tom had a chance to visit with Indians hitting coach Ty Van Berkeley recently. Ty is a seasoned, experienced hitting coach who is in his 
39th season of professional baseball when we do get things going this season. 2017 was his fifth as the Indians hitting coach, and by the time the season was finished, the Indians were third in the American League in overall runs scored, and as mentioned earlier, they played at six and a half runs a game during the streak. So 2017 was easy, right? Well, as Hammy found out, sometimes you have to dig out of the tough stretches to get to a good place as a hitting ball club. Ty, um, you know, the the club was kind of sputtering. I, I don't know if it was a hangover from the World Series the previous year or what, but, you know, we had the All-Star break, lost five out of six right after the break in San Francisco and Oakland, came home and the club was, you know, only 48 and 45. I mean, did did you see anything at that point that gave you not necessarily thoughts of a 22-game winning streak, but, but were you concerned where we were going? Um, I would say, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were hanging on by the skin of our teeth in a division that you know we should win. And uh, man, we came off that that road trip after the All Star break, and we didn't play very well. We didn't hit. We didn't. A lot of guys in slumps, and um, it was uh, yeah, it was a little disconcerting. It was like we we it's getting late. We need to start kicking it in gear here. In three games over five hundred after going to the World Series the year before. You know, I think we all had expectations, but I, I do think that we all knew that we had a good team. And I think maybe that was kind of a wake-up call where guys were like, we need to start playing better, you know. Ty, the club did start to play better. You won nine in a row. You went 21 and 11. So now, you know, it's August 24th. You, you've got a four-and-a-half game lead. The record's okay, 69 and 56. Maybe not what everybody thought it might be, but did you have any sense at that point that you know what this club is starting to kind of to kind of find its footing, even though it's already August? It looks like we're starting to put things together. Yeah, I really did. I felt I felt really good after you know we won those nine games in a row, and we were just we were playing better baseball, and um, you know we're kind of coming into our own. You know, guys were just you know, thinking about winning and not worrying about stats. And, uh, yeah, I, I felt like we were – I didn't know we were going to win 22 in a row, but, <laughs> but I felt like that we were going to, you know, take a run for the division. But yet, we go into that 22-game winning streak. Michael Brantley's on the disabled list. Jason Kipnis, Lonnie Chisinau. I mean, those are three critical components for your offense. At any point there, did you kind of wonder – Man, are, are we going to be able to overcome all of this? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you always deal with injuries, you know, and we still had some pretty good players in there. You know, we still had Lindor, we had Ramirez, we, uh, we picked up Jay Bruce, which was a big pickup. Um, so, you know, I, I, Santana, um, you know, I, th- I thought our, our catchers were pretty good hitting catchers. Um, so, you know, I felt like, yeah, I felt like we were okay, but you certainly don't ever want to lose a Brantley. And, you know, Kipnis was a, a mainstay for us. So, um, you know, not having those guys hurt. And I think if I remember that uh, first half, Lonnie really had a big first half yeah. that year. Well, you mentioned Jay Bruce. Um, we got him after the All-Star break in August. In fact, we were in Tampa. I'm sure you remember it 
or in St. Pete, I guess, to be yeah. correct, and picked him up, and he joined us in Tampa Bay. That road trip, it was almost like he single-handedly carried us at a point where we were desperate for somebody yeah. to step in. Yeah, he definitely stepped up. And I think, uh, you know, from his sense, it was kind of like a, a a fresh start. And, um, you know, so it was a perfect fit for both of us. But he, uh, he really stepped up for us. And, um, you know, he was a great teammate, great person. He just had all the intangibles. And then and he was on fire. He was hot. Well, another guy that had an incredible three-week stretch Frankie Lindor, he, he batted 360. He had nine homers, 20 RBIs. And again, this is from the leadoff spot. But I think what we kind of forget is you probably don't, but in game seven of the World Series, Frankie Lindor's hitting third. Carlos Santana's leading off in the season opener of 2017, following the World Series. Santana is still leading off. What made you guys think that, you know what, this offense might be better with Frankie Lindor at the top? You know, I mean, that was clearly uh, Tito's decision, and, and he wanted to make sure the players were comfortable with it too, so he, he talked to them. But, you know, Lindor's such a good hitter, you could put him one, two, three, four, you know. You, do, you just really can put him anywhere. And um, you having him in the three-hole and having Carlos leading off with Carlos's uh, – ability to, to draw walks and get on base. It just seemed to make sense, you know, and having Frankie coming up after Carlos gets on, it's uncomfortable for the opposing team, you know, knowing they've got to, they've got to face Frankie. And, you know, I think it gave Carlos an opportunity to get some more pitches too, because they didn't want him on base yeah. with Frankie and the kind of power Frankie was showing to, to come up with him on base. Now Frankie takes over that leadoff spot. Did you feel like the club almost followed his lead as the leadoff hitter? Did it at times feel like the offense went as Frankie went, or is that unfair? Um, I'll tell you what, Frankie took a lot of pride in, in setting the tone. He, he liked leading off, and he, liked, he had real good focus the first at-bat of the game. You know, he just he wanted to set the tone and, and kind of get things going offensively. So. I think that came from him, but yeah, I think it did. Uh, hitting is contagious, you know. Guys feed off of each other, you know, and they just pass the torch to the next guy when they're playing as a team, and you know, it can it can be really fun to watch. And then Jose Ramirez, who I don't know if anybody ever envisioned him becoming what kind of a force that he became. He hit four twenty three, eight homers, fourteen RBIs during that winning streak and really kind of solidified that, that number three hole spot. Did you ever foresee that with him? And, and what, what took him to that path, Ty? Yeah, I don't know if anybody could foresee him. When he first came up, you didn't think this guy's going to hit 20 home runs, let alone almost 40. <laughs> so, um, you know, he, he really just kind of found himself. You know, he was a different – I think he was a different style hitter. He was more – thought of himself as more of a just a contact type guy that just kind of slaps and runs and uses his hands and then he started figuring out that shoot I can drive the ball a little bit as he got confidence and started getting into his legs more sequencing the swing more consistently and um, his hand-eye coordination is so good that when he hits it on the barrel if he gets it in the air he's got a chance of hitting a home run so that 
that was an impressive season that he put together, and it was really fun to watch. But, uh, you know, I always knew he was a good hitter, but I don't think any of us could have foreseen him being that kind of a force. I mean, an MVP-type hitter. You mentioned hitting being contagious, and I think we've heard that for years in the game. But did you see even more of that during that stretch? Because, I mean, we had guys like Eric Gonzalez and Yandy Diaz and Gio Urshela having big games and contributing at the bottom of the order. Did, did that streak and that confidence just kind of take a life of its own? It really did. It was it was it was really like it was magical. But you uh, you keep reading off the numbers and to win 22 in a row, you got to have <laughs> everybody hot because you know not every day a guy's going to be able to carry you, but if everybody's hot during a certain streak you're going to have enough guys that are going to produce enough to help you win win the ball game, and um, it was it was kind of a weird feeling because no one thought about losing, no one really thought about oh we don't want to lose our streak. It was just we're going to win today. It was like every day we knew we were going to win. Every day they knew they were going to win. That's a familiar line, isn't it? And we'll hear that a lot in the weeks ahead from different coaches, players, manager Terry Francona. That was a common theme. Every day they knew they were going to win. And in future episodes, we'll hear more from Ty Van Berkleo on what made Indians hitters click during the streak. But that's going to put a wrap on Episode 2 of The Streak. Don't forget to tune in to tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, May the 5th, for Game 2 of The Streak. That'll be at 7 p.m., on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network, many of our stations participating in this, and also Indians.com. Just a little insight into that game. The Tribe played the Royals and began a weekend of dominant pitching. It's remarkable. When we get through this, uh, you'll be amazed at what they did against the Royals that weekend. And they did it with an unlikely starter getting the win in Game 2 of the streak. And we'll have that story for you on tomorrow's episode. In the meantime, thanks going out to Brian Matze and Bob Coates at iHeartMedia for their production help of this podcast, Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from Indians PR, and thanks to Ty Van Berkleo for his time, and of course, Tom Hamilton. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks for taking the time to listen, and we'll talk to you next time on The Streak. The Indians! Historical streak marches on. Thanks for listening to the Streak Podcast, the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Your companion to the nightly game broadcast on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.